podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to episode 342 of the Anfield Index podcast. I'm your host, Trev Denny, podcasting from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland. I'm joined tonight by my colleagues, Lisa Marie Hanahan and Guy Drinkle. As we look forward to getting back to the real business of football, we're going to have a little bit of chat about the aftermath of the international break as well. And we may, if we have time, get back to a couple of questions that came in last week from uh, some people on Twitter. Um, So we shall see how the show pans out. Um, We'll start off, as usual, with our red story of the week, whatever that is for you, uh, and we'll take it from there. We're going to have quite a loose, uh, jazzy feel to this particular episode. In fact, I've left it specifically that way so that I can open up various tabs and various websites and throw things at you and see how you get on. Um, My only football this week has been listening to the likes of Young Drinkle there and uh, Young Hendrick uh, as they talk about what's going on because I have zoned out 100% since uh, the beginning of last week. Uh, Last week itself, total write-off for me in terms of football with family stuff that was quite um, time-heavy and uh, heavy in general. Uh, This week, it it was voluntary. But that said, I'm very much looking forward to getting back into it. We have a game tomorrow. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, you will get a chance to listen to it before the game. Obviously, we're back in action. Three o'clock Saturday kickoff. Nice and traditional. See the Reds back in action. I think we're all looking forward to seeing that. And we'll have a little bit of a chat about how we think that's going to go. But we'll try and keep it general and not that match specific. Because as usual, we want this show to have a life as the week goes on. So I will... Before I go around to talk to um, uh, my pals, get you going this week, folks, with three minutes, which I think I've played for you before. But, you know, sometimes it's very important to start the show with a bit of heavy duty philosophy. I think, you know, when times are tough, it's nice to have a voice of wisdom to reassure you. And here we have the legend that is Carl Pilkington. Um, giving us some thoughts about the future. And it's on those by now legendary podcasts with Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant. Uh, I'm almost positive I've clipped this before, but I'm sure you won't uh, be opposed to the following three minutes. So strap in for a bit of wisdom from Carl. I'm going to cut it short. It it goes on, but we'll, we'll, we'll play the three minutes or so. Future. He's already gone off road. It's a scary place. But the future's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. 
Right. There's no getting away from that. Yep. Mm. Mm. Okay, your predictions are. Well, we're 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 all. Uh... It's not a soundbite. It's... I'm getting space. Getting space. I've got to think about. Okay. Think. Okay. Think first. Think and then then say. Okay. Starting from now, these words of wisdom will be inscribed on a wall of a museum one day. Proceed. I think trousers are going to be stopped being made. <laughs> Just because you see, you see kids now, they've got pants around their ankles. They're going further and further down. So I think I think they're, they're, that's evolution, just getting rid of the trouser. Right. It's just dropping naturally. <laughs> that's the evolution of the trouser because it's dropping incrementally see, down the arse. You see kids' underpants, so they're just dropping. Yeah. I think they'll get to a point when they just don't bother wearing them anymore. Right. Prediction one! Okay, that's an amazing make, one! They'll stop making trousers in the future, yeah, okay? Uh, we're going to get weaker. We're, we're, that's already that's already happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, they used to say, you know, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Now they're saying eat five fruits. <laughs> right. So we've definitely that's, that's evidence. You can't argue with that. I probably put that first because it goes right. What's number two? So swap that round. Okay. That's Give them the pants second. Yep. <laughs> should quit while they're buying their Carl. <laughs> uh, I just I remember when I heard those first um, I just played them back to myself endlessly because I, I do love that dynamic I have to say uh, so hopefully that gave people a laugh because it's um, <laughs> badly needed these days uh, Guy Drinkle you have been a source of uh, great entertainment for us over the last week and actually it seems to have taken on legs this uh, this uh, uh, little corner of expertise that you've uh, 
opened up because I see now you are uh, helping out young Kopak in his um, extracurricular conversations uh, and referring him to, uh, you know, your 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 specialized knowledge uh, when he's debating with his pals. Yeah. So this is this is getting this is like I said, it's it, it's it's got legs at this stage. So what is the latest installment you've got for us, my friend? We had an ambitious crossover last week. We did. We have another one. I'll oh. read. I'll read the description first, and this just right. warms into it. <clears throat> After an accidental explosion at a local mine, dinosaurs emerge from the rubble to terrorise a small western town. Now a group of gunslingers must defend their home if anyone is going to survive in a battle of cowboys versus dinosaurs. Oh, God, oh, I love this. I absolutely <laughs> love this concept. Cowboys versus dinosaurs, and is it a period piece? Ah, it's it is, it is. It's yes, twenty fifteen, modern day, modern day cowboys. Actually, I should say. I should oh, say. modern day, cowboys. modern day okay. cowboys. So they've actually got. It's not like the eighteen eighties. No, no, no. This is modern. This is modern. For some, I, I, some reason, I've got an AK forty seven, which I, I don't. Right. Yeah. Right. Because I I don't like your chances against the T Rex with a Winchester. Mm. Uh, repeating <laughs> rifles so so this is good okay so they've got some heavy duty stuff this is great yeah. it's already it's already feeling quite um late period uh walking dead uh where they just seem to shoot guns yes rel- relentlessly give us more i i need to know more so it's got a 2.17 rating on imdb um it stars eric roberts who i'm sure you you may not recognize by name but you will recognize him he's in from my knowledge, Batman Begins. He plays like. He's also Julia Roberts' older brother. Oh. He's known as he's known as Television's Eric Roberts. If yes. you want to get it right, yeah, yeah, there you go. Yes, absolutely. Um, also known as Jurassic Hunters, just so people don't don't miss out on this beautiful film. I haven't got there isn't too much, but I have watched the trailer and it looks amazing with a capital shit. Um. <laughs> I will read one review from you for for one from IMDb. Yeah. Is this really a professionally made film? Please don't put yourself through the pain. It's so terrifyingly bad. Don't you want to watch it much more now? I think that's nailed it for me completely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, you, you know what? There's a beautiful crossover here because I was very tempted to play the trailer from a film called Blackbird, mm. which is for those of you, not the TV series, which has been quite acclaimed recently, but rather the motion picture, which was written, produced, directed, and starring Michael Flatley of Riverdance. Um, and it was some amount of years in the making. I'm in. And got re- and got released recently. And it's basically him as some sort of a James Bond knockoff spy and it stars television Eric's Robert Eric Roberts. So I, I, I do like that a lot. Um but the trailer doesn't you have to see it to get the full cheese factor. So if you are looking for a follow up, if you if you're in the mood for some drinkle esque uh, uh, entertainment in terms of, of this particular segment then do follow up by looking at the trailer to Blackbird starring Michael Flatley written by Michael Flatley, directed by Michael Flatley, produced by Michael Flatley in a Michael Flatley production of Michael Flatley's Blackbird. Is this a serious film or is it a parody? Oh no, it's so fucking serious guy. Oh he my god He means the shit out of it He means the shit out of it it's This is like, scene for scene 
jo- um, Connery level Bond. Yes, I mean, like he really cares. Uh, he's 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 acting his little head off, uh, and it's gloriously awful. Just in the trailer, I mean, I can't wait to see the full thing. So tremendous! Thank you so much for that guy. I I, I do really value and treasure this cultural segment uh, as we move forward. Alisa Marie, I know that you have something by way of um, a sort of a, 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 a quote or a, or, a, or a little reference to something that you want to start the show with. Yeah, um, I just wanted to share with everybody that I hit a, a personal milestone this week. As of 25 years ago yesterday, I started working in my current job or for my current company. I'm in a slightly different position than when I started. Is I started as like the, you know, girl Friday, answering phones, doing administrative tasks kind of things and moved into associate project manager, project manager, et cetera, et cetera. So 25 years ago, I answered an ad in a newspaper (laughs) for what was supposed to be a temporary job. And yeah, I'm still there. So more than half my life. People wow. have left. No one, no one is, no one is still there that was there when I started. Um, in fact, the ownership has even changed. I don't even work for the same people anymore. But yeah, twenty-five years at Partners Healthcare Group. As a that, that is a hell of a milestone. I mean, I remember passing through that in my career, but not in the same place. Um, so I started, if you can believe this, teaching in nineteen ninety-five. Way too early. I was still only 22. Uh, but I did. So that's what, that's a lot of years I've been doing that now. What is that? Oh my God, that's way too many. I, 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 that, uh, Jesus Christ, I've scared the shit out well, of myself. Well, 27. Oh, I've scared the crap out of myself there. Uh, so yeah, it's 27 years. And and I remember, I do remember that year where I was 25 and thinking like, I mean, there's loads of people I know who haven't been alive that long. <laughs> Right. I mean, I was not even, well, I wasn't married. I wasn't even actually engaged, although I was dating my now husband. But yeah. Uh, So, you know, my my name has changed. I've, of course, had three children, Um, you know, just, yeah. So it's kind of made, put me in a very just sort of contemplative mood um, the last day or so. Maybe Mm. a little bit on the edge of depression. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. So anyway, uh, so yeah, so that's where I've been. Um, and I did travel this week. I actually went to North Carolina for approximately 28 hours um, out one day back the next. But yeah. Well, you do get to do quite a lot of that with that work yours, to be fair. I do. Well, you know, not nearly as much as I used to, quite honestly. But um, and actually the end of this month, well, the end of October, I'm going to be in Las Vegas for a week. I'm not looking forward to it at all, but I am going to be there. So <laughs> Will you have any downtime to go and shoot, not, some, no. shoot some craps no, <laughs> or whatever? Probably, we honestly whatever. probably won't. And I've done that before. I've, I, for years, I had a project. Um, well, it was a series of projects at a hospital that was about two hours um, south of Las Vegas. And you used to have to fly into Vegas and then drive. And so we used to, you know, stay at one of the casinos on the strip because, you know, it's cheap and, and whatever. And so, I mean, I've done that over the years where – you know, go down and, you know, shoot craps or play roulette or whatever while we were waiting for, you know, dinner at whatever restaurant we had a reservation at and stuff. But now it's just kind of like, eh, I've been there, done that. It's not really very interesting to me. Look at, look at you, world-weary traveler. <laughs> right? Remarkable. Hey, but I've got, I've got other travel coming up too, Trev, but we'll just leave it at that. 
Yes, yes, yes. More of which and on. At least you still do look like a Bronte sister. So you've got you've well, got that you. you've got that to hang on you're to. Very, very kind to say so. Um, uh, yes, I mean, I guess I neglected to add that I did start this job when I was twelve. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course, I'm glad you got that in at the end. Guy, you strike me as a guy who's been to uh, who's done a stint in Vegas at some point on a on a on a trip. Have you? I have not left Europe, Mister Downey. Oh, you haven't. No. Okay. Okay, I just don't know why. I just I had that Vegas vibe from you. I thought it might have been no. a sort of a, a ladsy thing at some point. Uh, uh, have uh, you ever hu- been, Trevor? A huge amount of people I know have done it. I've never done it. No, I, I don't I, do I, it. Don't. It's not. It's, 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 honestly, it's, no, it's overrated. <laughs> yeah, it's literally nothing. It's it's nothing I would really want to do. I'd be curious. I've but... done a casino in Stockton, which is basically the same. <laughs> <laughs> Ah <laughs> uh, yes, yes indeed, Stockton. Yes, that 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 sounds like it's got the same cachet, no doubt about it. Uh, we 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 have football back, my friends, and it's great and it's good, <laughs> and I am excited about it. And I didn't think I would be because, like I say, I had leaned very much into the little bit of a break, and I'm listening to. Uh, young Hendrick and, and young guy there on various shows and I'm not getting the optimistic vibe that that I thought I would. I think Dave was asked a question. Oh no, he wasn't asked a question, no, it was just like he was reading an article, uh oh god, I can't remember who the author was, but the basic oh was it Joanna Durkin? I can't, I think it was Joanna Durkin. She was, and I the, think she was featured today if it was today's Sure, yeah, think, yeah. It, was, it was the most recent one. And, and yeah. the gist of it was, here's some things to look forward to. Uh, that was the gist of the article. And, you know, football's back and here's some things and we get to play these people and we got Rangers twice and we've got uh, City coming up. <laughs> and poor old <laughs> Dave is like, I don't fucking, I don't, I don't really feel it too. <laughs> it was so downbeat. I felt sorry for him. And I totally get it. Uh, but I am, I've had it long enough away that my batteries are recharged. So I will try to be uh, the positivity vibe, uh, both in this show and on Raw for a while at least, until they beat it out of us, if they do. I, I have a feeling that there is something that can happen to rescue this season. But I am uh, still, I think the last few weeks have, have have been quite frustrating on a number of levels. And this is where I want to start, Guy, because, you know, as someone who's uh, been hooked into the news, I don't. I don't remember Dave chatting about it. Maybe you did on some of your other shows. Um, but you hear things like, uh, was it today it broke or yesterday it broke that, you know, uh, Christopher Nkunku is all lined up for Chelsea. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they have that feel. It has that feel of, again, this is going back a bit, but I remember the AC Milan team, you know, in the in the late 80s, into 1990, they basically stockpiled players. Marseille did it again five years after that. Um, and it's been a sort of a, a trend where successful clubs just pile on. Uh, City have done it to an extent, but not to the extent I think that most of us thought they might. Don't get me wrong, they have a fabulous squad. But it, it hasn't had that sort of obnoxious uh, feel to it that, that I thought it could get to at one point. Newcastle don't 
at currently appear to be going that way. City, when they started with their new owners, certainly had that uh, feel of just stockpiling and throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what would stick. Um, and it made me feel, Guy, I am getting to a question, that it made me feel just a bit, a bit of disquietude, a little bit of, a little bit of worry and angst about you know the, all the things that we've spoken about endlessly over the summer and into the early part of the season when the uh, form wasn't great and there was frustration around the midfield and the lack of transfers and all that. And I had a little bit of a whiff of that. Um, and I'm wondering, is it, how do you cope with what other clubs are doing as in terms of not letting it get to you when it comes to how you're feeling about our club, or do you think that's actually possible to separate the two? Um, it's an odd one because I've solely only looked at City since we became good because they're the only teams that mattered. I know we finished third once, but we had no defenders, so yeah, I don't think that really counts, but. You look, I think Haaland's the worst example, because as soon as they announced him, I think everyone was like, he'll get injured at some point, and he'll probably score a lot of goals. I don't think anyone expected him to score a million goals in three games, um, which he has done. So, Mm. yeah, that one is a bit of a worry, especially nobody wants to compare him and Darwin, but you have to, because we're the two best teams in the league, uh, in the country, we both bought a number nine. Ooh, look at us. We're going back to having a striker. He, he's obviously set the world alight and Darwin headbutted someone on his second game. Um, but when you look at Man United, Casemiro, yeah, cool, don't care. Um, Chelsea's an interesting one because I think they have all the, they have the facilities, the experience of winning stuff. Their business... It's just a bit odd. Like, uh, they never seem to address what I feel like is their biggest issue. Um, So I don't really see them as a threat. Spurs, I think as soon as Conte goes, they'll go back to where they normally are. So that'll be next season, because why would Conte stay at Spurs? Arsenal are Arsenal. So yeah, I'm still stuck in that mould where I'm only really looking at City. And it is depressing because they go out and sign the hottest property in the world. Whereas we do sign a hot property, but maybe we overpaid on him and it's at the detriment of other areas of our team. Whereas I know City, this is like the first time they've ever had to sell people because I think Tarland's deal is about 200 odd million all in or something like that. But yeah, it I still only really focus on them and... I, I think I say this every time. I I still thought we I thought we'd win the league before the season started. Um, so I, I don't. I'm not sure if we still can, but I'm sure. I think we can still claw them back to a certain degree. But yeah, tra- transfers is one thing, but we just got the lads that are already here is probably the biggest point because I think everyone expects us to do stuff in January, but we've already. we in. I'm doing air quotes. We're waiting for Jude. So what's going to change in January? I mean, Dortmund will still have something to play for, so maybe we don't do anything in January. So I think most importantly, we've got to get we've got to get Elliot up to speed with being a midfielder. We've got to get Henderson back to being a professional footballer. Um, uh, get Jones in the team, etc. Wrap Thiago in all the bubble wrap. 
I think that's probably what I'm looking at more now than transfers. Yeah, I think that's fair. And and Lisa Marie, like if, if I, I see where guys go with that, because if you do analyze all the individual clubs, you can come to quite rational re, uh, conclusions about why all Bar City are not should not really be, uh, you know, the old a threat on that level. But there's still a degree of existential angst that goes with it uh, for me because there's a further complication. There's a further wrinkle here. And it's not just about um, what other people are or aren't doing. And, and I, I think I, I, I fully fully go along with, with the rationale guys got there when you look at the different clubs and you can pick apart their uh, strategy and what they're actually capable of. And it can be quite consoling and calming or at least it would be if we were in half-decent form at all. Um, but what the further wrinkle, really, the, the thing that leads you to feel, or at least me, sorry, to feel a little bit uneasy as we go into this really exciting spell of, you know, a, a game every day, it might as well be, is 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 the lack of, or the, or the ongoing nonsense about that that's, that's, that seems to be being leaked via the usual sources uh, Jimmy Pierce and the likes of how the one big the the these the, the news that's coming in filtering in day by day about uh, oh uh, Liverpool uh, uh, will have rivals for Jude Bellingham oh uh, Liverpool are not going to pay beyond X amount for Jude Bellingham and now oh Liverpool are going to find it very hard to get Jude Bellingham because there are all these other clubs who want him and they are not going to go beyond X amount which won't get him. And it just feels quite deflating because the whole fucking point, excuse my French, of our so-called manoeuvring or lack of it was, don't worry, lads, we have the big one in the bag for next year. Now, maybe I shouldn't be reading James Pierce's tweets. Maybe I shouldn't be reading Twitter. Maybe I should just read a book. But I find I find that... I find that just unsettling, and, and I don't want to be that guy, Lisa Marie, but I'm finding it hard not to be. How are you coping with that? Same question I asked Guy, except with that little extra wrinkle. Yeah, I, I, I understand where you're coming from because I've I've been along the same, I guess, along the same lines. Where you do, you see these tweets, you see these headlines of articles wherever, and and it's like, but I've really, I, I've just. I've gotten to where I don't even read past the headline or or whatever, and I think, you know what? Do they really know? Is this someone who really knows anything, or are they just trying to, um, you know, fill column space to to meet their you know quotas or or whatnot? And um, so yeah, you know, I mean, and it's the same thing. With, you know, we talked about off and on, you know, over the summer and even back in you know January about transfers and things. Is I for my own sort of mental well-being, I generally try not to get too wrapped up into what might be until something actually happens. Mm. Um, you know, now that's so easy, so much easier said than done. Um, I think I did a lot better job of it back in January than I did this summer. I found myself going down the rabbit holes this summer and and getting a little bit too involved. Um, so I'm going to try to be try to be better now um you know wean my wean myself off the 
off the crack, if you will. Um, <laughs> crack is a drug, not fun. Not, not the way you Irish use it. Um, no, never wean yourself off the crack with a C C R A I C. Jesus Christ. Right. There's, the world is hard enough without weaning yourself off the crack. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I like to use it that way, but that's how it's generally referred to over on this side of the pond. Um, so anyway, back to your question. Um, <laughs> I managed to get lovely sidetracked. Um, but I do agree with what Guy was saying is, you know, City is kind of the one traditionally, probably until the last year that I, I paid more attention to the players they were getting in and, and, and how, you know, they lined up against what we had lined up. Um, you know, but and then, you know, of course, you know, you we've seen Manchester United throw all the money in the world at, at their problems, but but none of it fits. We've talked about that often off and on that, you know, they keep bringing these players in, but there seems to be no rhyme or reason as to why they're doing it. And Chelsea seems to be doing sort of similar. Now that may change now with Graham Potter. I don't know. I mean, because Thomas Tuchel seemed like, you know, he was a man with a plan. So I, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's a combination of the new ownership and, you know, what, who knows what the heck they've got going on over there. So I'm not really worried about Chelsea. Um, Cause I think there's just a lot of, a lot of background noise, if you will, that has to be sorted before they can, you know, really be a, as much of a threat as they were maybe a season or so ago. And what was your original question? I don't know. I'm just rambling and I've completely forgotten. <laughs> no, 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 you're on track. You're on track. I, I I'm suppose on track. Okay, good. <laughs> because basically, basically what it, it, it was, it was, it was to get a feeling of how we are looking ahead to this sequence, which is between now and December, really. That's what we've got to think about. It's a set of fixtures that is, I mean, look, it's quite intimidating. I won't lie to you. I, I, I look at it and I think it's, it, it's intimidating. And that, I think, speaks volumes that I'm saying that phrase because for the longest time, um, the key repeated phrase I'll be on the spot with myself and the big man was, well, we're not really afraid of anyone, are we? Or, well, if we play to our best, we can beat anyone, can't we? And that was generally the lovely, reassuring default setting. Yes. I think I yes. think that's been rattled out of all of us with the opening. I, I would agree with that. And, you know, and I was thinking earlier today, just kind of getting into the mindset for this for this podcast was that, you know, we Liverpool started the season so flat, you know, and and it, which was bizarre because we were all so excited going into it. I was, you know, I was thinking back to the couple of podcasts we had that we did, you know, ahead of the season starting and we were all up for it. We we're like, yeah, this is going to be great. You know, this guy said he, you know, when he was doing the, you know, predictions with Dave and whoever that, you know, that he had Liverpool winning the league and, you know, we were all had, you know, we, we had every, um, you know, just it all looked lined up that this was going to be a fantastic, you know, a fantastic season for us coming off the back of what we did last season and everything else. And then, you know, the those first couple matches just sort of sucked all the joy out of it for any of us. And so it almost feels like with this, you know, what basically a month almost away from playing, it almost feels like we're restarting the season. It's almost yeah. like it started again, and and I hope to God that it's it's starting again and it will start again the way we hoped it would it was going to start back in August. 
um, you know, where we just, you know, take off like a house of fire and everyone gets out of our way. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's, you know, I want to believe that, but there's still that little voice in the back of my head that's like, but maybe not. Yeah, I, I think that's an interesting point. And that's where I want to go to with Guy next, because looking at these fixtures, man, uh, it's it's a remarkable run up until the World Cup break. So we start obviously against Brighton on Saturday. Um, we then have Rangers, Arsenal, Rangers, uh, City, West Ham, Forest, Ajax, Leeds, now we're at 1st of November where we play Napoli in what will probably be a crunch Champions League game at home. Now we're into 6th of November and we are away at Spurs. We have a Carabao Cup game. Who cares? But it's going to be a game we have to play 9th of November. We then have on the 12th of November to finish this sequence a home game against Southampton uh, before the whole thing closes down the shop is shuttered and we don't return until what you lot over there called boxing day what we call saint stephen's day the 26th of december where we go away to villa park now by anyone's reckoning that's a hell of a run of games there are no breaks it's just constant football it's exciting for the reason that Lisa Marie outlined, Guy, because it, it does feel like a reboot. I am enthused by the fact that our people on the way back, I wish they were a bit fucking further back uh, <laughs> than they are, to be perfectly honest with you. I'm still a little bit frustrated around the vagueness, uh, but I understand it and I would prefer it to constant leaks, I have to say. So we can go with that. So, we do have, like I say, people making a way back towards the team. We had the confirmation that our new Scottish fullback is, in fact, real. We have the likes <laughs> of Vibu Kanate coming back. We have Curtis Jones theoretically on his way back as well. There's an article there on the website today, uh, the, the, the official site, um, where Kloppo's got loads of chat, uh, Robbo, Curtis Jones, Naby Keita and Ox obviously still out. Cuevin Kelher and Ramsey are probably going to play for the 21s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Klopp reckons some are doing rehab. That's Robbo, that's Curtis, that's Ox, Ox that's Naby. Uh, those four he reckons are doing rehab. And again, that's delightfully vague. Nunez, Diaz, Jota, he says, they came back from international duty, how they owes his long flight, blah, blah, blah. Louis suddenly landed Thursday morning. I don't think that's going to matter to him. Like, he's our war machine. He'll be okay, I hope. Uh, Diogo Jota as well is is is, is comparatively robust. Uh, he says Calvin uh, Ramsey's not ready to play, but he's delighted. He's over the moon that he can train. Oh, so, you know, the, the, it, it's qualified good news. It does have that reboot feeling. I'm looking at stuff from around the training ground. And Klopp, I could be just reading into this guy, but he seems a little bit more himself. He's looking relaxed. He's having a crack with the likes of um, Costas about his, his top knot. And you're just going, okay, 
maybe this is a reboot. Maybe the man himself, who was looking increasingly fucking frazzled, if we're being perfectly honest, and not really seeming himself, and saying daft things like, maybe we need to reinvent ourselves to to reporters after matches. Maybe he just needed a bit of a rest. Maybe this will really help everybody. Um, Nunes is coming back, having gotten his gold, seeing as everybody is, bu- is constantly playing his, uh, his misses from training, this sad bastards. So what are we thinking? Are we... Should we be upbeat and optimistic? I mean, surely we can't, like, surely we've no choice but to be a guy. Well, the Ajax game certainly helped in that regard. Um, because if we came in on a draw, or, well, a draw may have not been the end of the world, but if we came in on a loss in that Ajax game, I think we'd all be like, yeah, I miss international football somehow. Um, which should never be, should never be said. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it would have been true. Um but yeah, we are we are looking in a more positive place, I suppose, or more relaxed place, but may, maybe Klopp just couldn't be asked with the transfer window because it's asked every it's asked every press conference, we you signing a midfielder, is Jude Bellingham coming, blah blah blah. And then it obviously kind of exploded and when we scrambled around and got Arthur, who might actually exist now. Um But yeah, I suppose we are. But the only negative is we're getting all these players back. But even if they miss two weeks, that's probably four games. If they miss another yeah. two weeks, that's four games. And some of them are important, or some of them are really important, especially when the season's busy and we have a game every three seconds because we, we know the rotation needed in midfield, etc. But I feel like we're finally settling into something because we have Matip back at centre-back, Ibu probably not. I think people said he'd be on the bench for um, for this game, but we can get that rotation back that worked really well last season with him and Matip um, in that role. Van Dijk will probably play every one of them games apart from any dead rubbers in the Champions League and the Derby game in the Carabao. Um, but yeah, we do look at a more positive position because, well, we have Thiago. I think we always say this. When Thiago's fit, play games. Just play the games whilst he's fit. Because his injuries are random. Obviously, overplaying him won't help, but we have to do what we have to do. Um, and until Nabby's back, Curtis Jones is back, we don't really have anyone else for that role. So, yeah. And it's a weird one, because obviously we'll talk about the Brighton game in a bit, in more focused in, in, in a min, but it's an interesting one, because there's most, loads of question marks about us, but they've got a brand new manager who... Seemingly plays four at the back rather than three at the back. Maybe I'm, I have no idea. I'm just going off what Dave said. Plays slightly different to Potter. So it's an odd game to come back to. You almost kind of wish we came back to a, I don't know, a Leicester or, well, we've already played Bournemouth, but whoever the hell, West Ham have been dreadful recently. But coming back to Brighton when we don't know anything, how much they've changed, etc. It's a real weird game back a uh, game to come back to it is and you know you touched on somebody there in terms of a mention that uh, kind of encapsulates i think an awful lot of the frustration that we we've all been feeling as last season ah petered out is cruel but it did and and uh, you know last minute it may have been but still it was it was hard. It was hard to take. I I found it really hard to take. Uh, I I'll be completely honest with you. I'm still pretty shook by that. I I can't find any. Um, I'm not one of these. I think. Um, 
I'm not one of these guys who can just say, wasn't it great that we got to The Wolves game part? still haunts me. Yeah, like, you know, we played all the games. Wasn't that great? And you know how many other people have done that? You know, like that literally gives me no joy at all. If we don't win a thing, I, 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 that's, that's what we're about. That's, that's all I care about. So in that period of time, though, we saw the enigmatic figure that is Curtis Jones miss a lot of time. And he missed a lot of time this season as well. I think if you add up the games missed last year with the eye and COVID and everything, and this year with whatever the hell it is, because I, I, I actually don't know what Curtis's injury is, it's probably coming up on four to five months, you know, that he's been unavailable. Mm. And so you've got this kid who would have been ideal and really, really would have taken the pressure off the likes of Harvey Elliott and, 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 um, uh, Carv- uh, absolutely, but and Carvalho in terms of the t- the two young lads having to be great immediately, um, and we absolutely could have spelled Milner out more and had someone to rotate with Jordan and so on and so forth. Um, but no, we didn't have that option, and like I think it's real. It's look, it could be just like it. It is bad luck. But I'm wondering how you're feeling about the whole Curtis Jones thing. Because I know as the season was about to start uh, and the transfer window was about to open, there was a lot of chat, especially amongst AI heads, about how it might be a great thing for Curtis to head off for a bit of a, a loan and, and, and really establish himself somewhere and play a lot of first-team football and become the player that we hope he could become. So... Where do, how are you seeing him and, and, and his potential role for what's going to be a really busy period of time? And we know like from the report there that he's not ready yet. It's an odd one with him because when he was playing in the, I think he was still the under-23s back then, he was one of them that you, you looked at and thought he could take that next step. And then uh, we had the Everton FA, FA Cup game and he obviously scored the worldly at the end of the game and he feels like he's just kind of stagnated after that point. Like, he's never really took that jump. Like, Elliot's overtaken him. I think Elliot's two or three years... I think he's two years younger than him. Um, he obviously went on loan to Blackburn, tore that league up. I think he got the most assists and whatnot in, in that league. Came back. Uh, the start of last season was excellent. Whereas Jones has just kind of been there. Um, he never really got a run. He, I think he had the odd run when either Naby and Thiago were injured or Naby was out of favour, which has happened a few times. Um, but I've got his injuries in front of me. He, he's basically missed uh, three months. He, he missed about 90-odd days. 90 days. Um, which is about 16 games, according to this, but it feels like that should be more. It um, does. He feels like more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Having said does. that, a month now we didn't have a game, so it might, that might help. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to, to miss 90-odd days already, um, and this one seems to be growing pains or stress. I don't, I don't know. I think it's Calvin Ramsey with growing pains or something like that. He's just odd injuries. Like He's never had like a, an Achilles or something like that. He's always had an eye injury that happened in training. He is the poster child for bizarre injuries, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, he's like that. He's like yeah. that old classic meme, like work days without an accident and goes back to zero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, <laughs> like if yeah. we ever do an Amazon Prime documentary, that should be in the intro. 
Um, <laughs> but it's just a, it's an odd one because I feel like he has the talent to become. I'm not sure a Liverpool starter because we are aiming to be the best team in the world. But he has certainly has the talent to be useful for Liverpool. But I mean, he's injury prone. He's inconsistent and. I mean, he's nearly 22, and he's basically the same player he was when he was 18, apart from maybe a bit bit more tactical discipline. At 22, you should be a starter. In, in, in the cut-and-dry fashion that is football now, if you're not a starter by 22, you should be looking to either... Well, you're either in the Chelsea loan system or you should have been sold. That That's how I see it. If you're 22 and you're not a starter for a club like Liverpool, I don't think it's going to... I don't think that's going to change. Yeah, that's that's my fear as well. I have to be honest. That's that's what I have in the back of my head is like, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's if there is actually a solid future for the kid here, which is why I was kind of hoping that he would get that loan spell mm, uh, and, 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 yeah. and get a chance to, to, to really prove that he is the player that I mean, look, Christ, we've had several highlights. And I mean, he's he has got the lot in many ways. It's just stringing that together, and 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 maybe there was times we really needed him to impact games where he wasn't able to do it. And again, you know, youth and stuff like that, you have to take cons- consideration of. Look, it's going to be interesting as players make their way back into the site, and we do have that. We do have the fact that um, I'm looking forward to seeing an elongated spell where we have our new striker. Um, even if it is a difficult teething process to get him um, into the team, I'm looking forward to seeing. I hope uh, a, a run of 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 Mo Salah getting back to being Mo Salah that would be lovely. I do miss that, and I I know it's not okay to say for the super fan Mo people uh, who just keep throwing stats at you about how fast he's running or something. And I I couldn't give a shit. Like that guy is the best that we've had potentially the best that we've had and the way you can assess that is by getting important goals uh because that's what he's been doing and that's why i consider him one of the best that we've had and i want him to be that and as last season like i say petered out there wasn't enough of that from him and you can make all the excuses in the world people did and people have there was all sort of stupid takes from he's too tired to he's uh he's uh not trying a leg because of, of of contracts they're all a bit daft honestly mm. have you seen mo the, you know the guy is the guy is he's he's a, a physical specimen uh, par excellence he's fine he just needs he to get back. He swore off past the 12 years ago. <laughs> he's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's willing to sacrifice it for this. Exactly. So I just want him to be him. I'm looking forward to seeing the, the man on the opposite flank, Diaz, do bits as this as this period uh, uh, plays out. I, I, am, I have to say I am very, very excited about it. And it kicks off, guys, you said with this game against Brighton tomorrow. And again, like if you're listening to this in the aftermath of the Brighton game, we're not going to spend too much time. We're not going to, we're not going to do any, any great uh, chat about it, but it is interesting. You brought up um, Roberto De Zerbi, who for the benefit of people who are listening before, I'm, I'm sure this get this, the show will go out tonight. Um, he's a really interesting character, really interesting character. I think he played, uh, he started off with AC Milan as a player and he played a lot of lower league football uh, 
he played for Napoli at one stage as well and then went on to Catania. But it's his managerial career is really interesting. Starts at Palermo and it doesn't go well. I think he actually may have gotten relegated uh, in that spell. And um, it didn't go particularly well. Then he, he starts with uh, Benevento uh, in 2017. He's appointed uh, the manager of that lot. They have just come into Syria uh, and of course it's at this point I think that he starts to attract a bit of attention and he would have been quite young then because he's still only about 43 uh, he's got you know he's getting a lot of attention for possession football uh, attacking football and apparently a bit of a knack when it comes to spotting a player and doing a bit of transfer wheeling and dealing then he goes to Sassuolo where I think this is really this, the 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 era which sort of cements him as, uh, if you like, in this sort of, uh, uh, you know, uh, one to watch category. Because again, their football gets a lot of praise. Uh, they get two consecutive eighth placed spots in the Italian top flight, which for a club the size of Sassuolo is impressive. And then he goes on to Shakhtar Donetsk. He definitely won at least one title with them uh something like was it the ukrainian super cup or something like that and I think then halfway he, through the season that's when it all kicked off so i think he technically won the league but it that's it it's it, it, yeah league by default yeah, because yeah, yeah. as you say he had to head off when the uh so, when someone the, was the, being silly <laughs> yeah 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 what thing when things happened there with the invasion and stuff so I mean, it's a very interesting CV, and here he is. And I think an awful lot of people were were, were really fascinated by this. And, you know, if Graham Potter, Graham, <laughs> so I saw someone saying Graham Potter's, uh, you know, gotten rid of all his sort of, um, what's the word? I'm, I can't think of it. What uh, Hipster uh, uh, tendencies. And now he's like, you know, a clean cut, clean suit wearing kind of uh, uh, reinventing himself with a haircut and everything. Uh, but there's something a bit hipstery about this new guy. Maybe Brighton liked that type of thing. And, you know, they have the potential of having, I think, Lamptey back for this game, Lalana back for this game. That'll obviously be a story in and of itself. Uh, it's an interesting one to start. And, and Lisa Marie, as you look at this run of fixtures, maybe this is the best way to do it. Not talking about Brighton specifically, but just let's take the next little bundle. So Saturday we've got Brighton and then... We've got this really interesting run where we go Tuesday, Sunday, Wednesday, which is Rangers, Arsenal, Rangers. Uh, and it's it's a really, I, I, by the way, four days of a wait then and it's City uh, at Anfield. So what a spell. Uh, and we have no choice, Lisa Marie, but to hit the ground running. We have to. Uh, if we don't, a lot of the things are going to fall away. For example, if we don't beat Brighton, I think it would be absolutely fair for people to say, well, okay, your league challenge now is 100% done. Uh, whether people want to hear that or not, I think most people will start thinking that. And now it's about, you know, what, what you know, solid, trying to touch base again. And I, I don't think we can handle defeat there. I'll be honest with you. I'm leaving that to you in a second. You can tell me. And then we have Arsenal, who are, you know, uh, sort of favorite, the, the, everybody's uh, new favorite team and oh, how wonderful they're doing, despite the fact that they haven't really had any 
stern opposition, I don't think. Uh, and when they did, it was it didn't go awfully well for them. Um, but there they are, and they're a, a target to be shot at. And and Rangers, who we will be expected to pull away in both games, no doubt about it, they must be beaten in both games. Because if we don't, there are going to be eyebrows raised about our potential to get out of the Champions League group. I mean, is there any game now that doesn't have everything riding on it? It's remarkable, isn't it? There's no, there's literally no game, Lisa Marie, that doesn't seem to have almost, almost sort of daftly excessive weight on it. Yeah, the month of October is going to be very stressful. That's that's all I have to say. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it does. It feels like we've got to win against Brighton, if for no other reason, to just set us up for the rest of this month because there's just so much riding on it. Um, it's just game after game after game. And not just that it's game after game after game, but the importance of those games, um, you know, w- you know, with, within the month, uh, you know, Arsenal, I think they're playing Tottenham tomorrow or this weekend. Correct. So I think yeah. that will be a very telling game for them because I do believe from, from listening to, to Dave on two footed and everything, they really haven't had, I mean, they've started off, of course, well this season, but they really haven't had any strong um, opposition, you know, that they that they've been up against, I think, to date. So I think the Tottenham game is going to be interesting to see how they how they react to it. Um, and, you know, hopefully they implode and they just can't pull themselves back together for for next week. Um, that's what we'll all be hoping for and, and moving on. Um, although I never want Tottenham to be successful, but, you know, there's exceptions. Yeah, but it ju- it does season almost rides on the outcomes and the results for this month which is you know kind of bizarre to say in october but it, but it, it's it's not excessive is it because say one of those games doesn't go well against rangers that that the whole the whole group is is up in the air uh, depending yeah. on how how other results go say for example we don't get a result against brighton and then our reverse against arsenal i mean like y- y- we're going to have it's going to be like a fucking Russian novel. You know, there's going to be existential angst everywhere. People are going to be thinking like, oh, everything's, everything's awful. Uh, what, what, what can we do now? I mean, it's going to be on a level that, that, that the season where everybody just fell down half dead and we had nobody left to play for Liverpool. You know, at least we could kind of, there was a rationale to that and you could sort of lean into that. Well, we're, We've been devastated by injuries. This is what happens. Uh, we should have bought more, but this is what happens. But if the results don't go well, with all these wonderful players we have, like some of the results we've had already, which games which should have been won, you're going to have head scratching on a level that we've never seen in the Klopp era, I think, Lisa Marie. And for that reason, I just refuse to even countenance the possibility that it's going to go wrong yeah, uh, this, I, I, this I just be a whole new world for me if yeah you know, yeah if it, if it does wander that way because of course it, it, it'll just for me personally it'll be a very different experience um than, than what i have you know really seen you know previously i mean of course i know things were wonderful when, when Klopp first was managing the team but but i wasn't as you know invested and all in and paying as much attention. I mean, you know, for the most part, I tuned into a game when I could and I checked to see, oh, they won, they lost and and, and moved on. 
but yeah, you know, but for it, was me tre- it was tre- it was trending towards wonderful. You know, you had that feeling yeah, that it was yeah, on the right. Yeah, that yeah. it was building. You know, again, from what I've kind of read, gone back and understand, you know, you could see that it was building towards something. Whereas I have a feeling that if it, you know, and I don't want to be all doom and gloom, but but if you know we don't see results going our way this month, you have a feeling like we're coming down off that high. You know, we're falling off the mountain. You know, you know, back in. You know, 2016, 2017, we were we were climbing towards something, and and it it's going to have that feeling like we've we've hit our peak and and we're coming back down, and and I don't want that. I mean, I really think this team is too good for that, but you know, I don't know. Well, that's the that. You know what? <laughs> that might be the perfect the perfect <laughs> sentence to end the football portion of this podcast. I don't it. know. Like, yeah, it's very because I, I, I think it's I think it's incredible. Here? It's incredibly apt. It might actually be a good title for the show as well. But with that, <laughs> with that, we shall just I could because people were good enough to send in questions last week when we thought we might not have time for them. And as I look at our Time, shot clock here we have enough time to get through some of these and I, w- I, I do want to do it it's not some of them we get through all of them uh, there's one of them I don't really fully understand I think it might be a bit of a wind up so we'll, we'll I'll, I'll, I'll leave that to your discretion but uh, Adam last week uh, asked uh, this he says uh, here's one for you I've always thought Pep Guardiola represents or presents as a character from a well from Russian literature. There you go. That's a, <laughs> unusual, uh, unusual uh, synchronicity. Uh, you know, he says he's the awkward, obsessive maniac, uh, which is, of course, a great archetype. And he asks a question: What other football personalities seem born from the pages of literature? Lisa Marie, I'm going to lean into into this one for you. And um, what authors do you think would have created them? So I, as you're having a chance to think, and just in the vein here of uh, Adam's suggestion, I have to say there was a couple of pictures, one in particular of a very angsty looking uh, Nat Phillips, uh, and another one that followed up where he, he had a headband on him. With, I don't know if there was blood on it, but what, the, both of them, he looked angst ridden, stressed, emaciated pale uh and absolutely should have been the cover of a dostoevsky novel for me <laughs> i always thought that i was like wow that's what what what's happened there he's Someone just has commented on that before and, and it is absolutely it was very <laughs> very was it you okay yeah um, <laughs> so so i'm going now in case there's somebody else i don't want to slight them yeah but it, he does look <laughs> He stepped out of one of those novels. Um, not that I've necessarily read all of them. Um, you know, I've tried Anna Karenina three times. I know that's Tolstoy, but yeah, my Russian, my Russian literature is pretty much um, based on what you read to me on the great stories. Well, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> but if you were, to, if you were, to, if you're looking around, looking around at the at the various personalities uh, on show in the football world today, is there anyone that's jumping out at you? And it, you don't, if if nothing's come to mind, don't worry about it. I'll put it on the guy. God love him. Well, what what's going to happen is I'm going to think of about six after we're done recording. <laughs> um. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fair. I enough. mean, you know. Graham Potter, before he kind of cleaned up a little bit, you know, when, when that beard wasn't maybe as groomed or whatever, he made me think of something like out of a Hemingway 
it just kind of that, you know, fisherman something. <laughs> I like that, actually. Yeah, that works. Uh, that, you know, that's a belter. We'll go with that. I like that. Guy, do you have anything to add to this? I was going to go clear, straight in with, like, Sean Dyche in um, J.R. Tolkien. Or talking books. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> Dice. Yeah. Actually, actually, doesn't Dicey look a bit like one of the lads who was? Wasn't there a a a, a, a ginger elf with a beard who was quite impressed? There you go. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Wow, you've nailed it there. That's fantastic. Uh, there's there's another clear one. Thomas Tuchel and who wrote Hannibal Lecter. Oh, Thomas Harris. Thomas Harris. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. This is that. Wow. We, we've absolutely nailed that for Adam. I hope he's happy with the answer there. Uh, the other <laughs> question was from Nick, and it's a food one, so we're going to leave that to last. And then the third one was from uh, Gotham LFC, or Gotham, I hope I'm not saying that wrong. And he asked, can we devise a rating system for top reds, capital T, capital R? And he says, is this maybe like the blue check system on Twitter? And I'm always reluctant to get into this top red, bottom red debate because... Okay, I'm going to have to confess that I don't quite understand that. (laughs) Well, well, here it is. Here it is. There's a whole corner of Twitter which has gotten itself obsessed with who are top reds and who are bottom reds. In other words, who are the guys who are eminently positive all the time in an almost daft way? And who are the guys who are crying FSG outists all the time and of course okay. the re- most of us live in the middle and it's a silly twitterism i think to be if we're being perfectly honest uh and and, and it's because of that i hope i hope our friend won't mind me saying that we might just avoid the controversy of <laughs> labeling anyone in that category in an in an attempt if we can to maybe lessen the discourse about because I, I just don't it seems divisive is what I'm saying. And I it, agree. I, you know, it's used in a way, I think, to to sort of put people down. And of course, I'm sure that wasn't the intention of the question, but here I am being all po-faced. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Uh, our last question is from Nick Turner. And Nick is asking us, um, first he says, what's the, the classic English full breakfast? Then he added on, okay, what's an Irish one and what's an American one? So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take Nick's question. I'm going to tweak it slightly for us to finish the show this week. Uh, And it's perfect because tomorrow I've been eating like protein heavy food all week and small portions and all this shit like I've been doing for weeks now. And I'm actually really liking it. But Saturday mornings, I have whatever the hell I want for breakfast. So I can't wait to have my breakfast tomorrow. I've decided what it is already. So I am giving you this take on Nick's question. I hope you don't mind, Nick. I'm just going to tweak it a little bit, man. Uh, You have the breakfast of your choice tomorrow. What is it? What are you going to do? I mean, are you just going to have a bowl of sugar puffs or are you putting on some sort of fancy thing and and don't don't the the thing here is don't try to impress just be honest what is it you would want for your favorite breakfast i'm going to get the ball rolling for me it's really simple it's good sausages i mean good sausages like properly high quality high meat content sausages so i like cumberland sausages so i'm going to have at least two and up to four of those 
and I'm going to have at least two and up to four slices of toast. And that's it. I'm not going to have anything else with it except vats of really good coffee. That's my idea of a perfect breakfast. I don't need anything else. Now, what do you put on your toast? Oh, just 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 a uh, s- small amount of some sort of 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 of. Uh, I have there are a couple of nice spreadable butters that are not they don't have that margarine taste. So there's right. one there's one here in Ireland Ireland called Dairy Gold and it has a butter. Oh yeah, it's you can buy taste. that here and that yeah. Too. So that's that's oh good. there you go. See, you know what I'm talking about. So that's quite good, and I'll I'll, I'll be, again with 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 a view to not destroying my progress. Uh, I'll I'll try and keep that to a minimum. Uh, because what I do is I might have some sort of hot sauce or something like that, depending on the mood. So that's it. Really, really simple. And obviously, I could go the whole hog, and, and I think this is what Nick was looking for. Like, are you going to have beans, or are you going to have uh, uh, tomatoes, or what are you going to do on your full Irish breakfast or full English breakfast? But that debate has been done in this show before. So I'm curious as to what your chosen breakfast would be tomorrow, Guy Drinkle, if you were, uh, if it could just magically appear in front of you, what would it be? Uh, to answer the like the intended question, black pudding is shite, so not that. Um, <laughs> just to uh, just to see, just to spark a bit of controversy. Well, you, yeah. You've you've already triggered me. Yes, so exactly. I, see, this would this would have gone for years. <laughs> this is why I didn't want to do the next question. Yeah. This would have gone for years. I, I love black pudding. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Anyway. I, so so I I I I'm not taking your bait. Exactly. And, uh, and and what what so your dream breakfast tomorrow? What would it be? Perfect I, breakfast. I have a couple options depending on mood. Um, so if you're kind of feeling like savoury, I just like a bacon sarnie. Hard to beat. Yeah. Hard to beat. Brown yeah. sauce, not ketchup because I'm not twelve. Um, so brown sauce. You're not twelve. You're, you're not twelve, and yet you're referring it to to it as brown sauce. I mean, what do you want as, from a, me? as an adjective, man? How dare what? you? What? What it's called that? brown sauce. What do we call it? Is. It is. Because what else is it called? Exactly. I'm just, I'm just trying to wind you up. It, like, oh, but dear. okay, so you have a brand. You have HP or YR or which of yeah. you have? Which I, one? When I was growing up, I used to like Daddy's, but now it's just HP because I think it's just there. So okay, okay. Yeah. So so HP sauce and bacon yeah. sandwich, uh, yeah. or or I love a hot cross bun. Oh, nice. Yeah. First thing, like like a, like a for for breakfast, a hot cross one. And do you have it? What what do you adorn it with, or do you oh, just... just pissing with butter? <laughs> Can I use that as a title? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Wow. That is... Oh man, that's fantastic. That is fantastic. When you next do toast, you'll you'll understand when you you know what pissing is. You know <laughs> that is marvelous. God, I fucking love this. Uh, Lisa Marie, you're, you're 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 okay. I have to ask a question. Yes. I and I know I've been told this before, but I but I don't recall the answer. What is the difference between an Irish breakfast and an English breakfast? There is no difference. Okay. You there, do, like, don't uh, you do white pudding over there more commonly than what we, we do. We do both. Like, like oh, over yeah, here, it's black and white. Yeah, white black pudding. You'll have sausages. You'll have rashers. Some people do beans. I think the only thing I, th- I think where people get beans could... thing is for me an, is for me an issue. I'm I'm sorry. I just can't eat beans for breakfast. But anyway. you, see, you, you see, you've done it again. Nick's cackling away here, rubbing his hands in glee. I've tried to steer it away from this, <laughs> and here you are in two. And I've never actually. 
Asking ask innocent American question. I, what is the difference? Uh, and and you've caused controversy again. Lisa. I'm sorry. Well, I just I, I'm trying to educate myself. Okay, I'm trying to expose <laughs> myself to different cultures and different, you know, outlooks. But okay, so for me, my perfect breakfast, um, is probably scrambled eggs with ham and cheese and spinach if I have it around, which I usually don't. Um, with toast and probably jam on my toast with good coffee. Oh, hang on. So you're, you, have you built in a little dessert into your breakfast? Well, if I put jam on my toast, who does it? Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 yeah, but, 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 I, no, but what, what I'm asking you is, this is highly controversial. Are you eating the, t- the jammy toast at the same time as your eggs? Yeah. Oh, man. It's kind of, oh, a, it's kind of especially if I've got ham and the eggs, you've got that sweet and you've got that savory. It's, it's good. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. This that's is you've lost separate, me. You've that's lost separate me. courses for me. That that's, that's... <laughs> why am I putting the eggs on the toast? Oh, you might as well <laughs> be. You might as well be. <laughs> you might as well yeah. just fire it all into the <laughs> You need at least uh, a ten minute. Well, you need a ten minute course break between stuff like that. <laughs> Oh, this is tremendous. Well, I am... Of course, I'm drinking my coffee with cream and sugar, so you'd probably call that dessert anyway. It's basically a milkshake at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say how much cream and sugar. That's true. <laughs> oh, well, 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 we've, I, I, I have to say this is, this was far more uh, illustrative and, 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 and uh, informative and quite controversial than I, than I envisaged, but we should wrap it up here at this point because we have started to go on a little bit uh, longer than I had in, intended. It's one minute and eight, or one hour and eight minutes at this point. So we'll wrap it up with a, a 70 minute ish show. Uh, I have just one thing to say. Apparently, it's International Podcast Day. I don't know what that means, but I would say to you that some people, uh, to use some uh, an Irishism, do be making the podcasts. And if they do be making the podcasts and you like them, maybe let them know about it or uh, plug that show for them uh, and uh, acknowledge the joy or value that you've gotten from it at some point. Don't forget Uh, to thank Jake Humphrey for inventing podcast. Oh, thank God he did. uh, Because we'd be lost without it. I would not listen to Jake Humphrey's doing a podcast if you paid me. Um, so on International Podcast Day, uh, that would be my advice to everybody is, yes, be kind and and, 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 and help out and uh, acknowledge the joy that you've gotten from somebody's creativity and don't listen to Jake Humphreys. That's me. What Have you anything you want to finish off with, Lisa Marie? Anything particularly you want to plug or... I will be on Nina's show after the match tomorrow for Brighton. So great. Listen in. <laughs> Tremendous. We shall that's, do. That's kind of it. Oh, and I, well, you know, we had a Chinese takeaway last night and here's my fortune. Oh, be curious. Be curious. Always. I've knowledge. Wait, for knowledge. I can't read. Sorry. For knowledge will not acquire you. You must acquire it. Oh, Jesus. That's profound, isn't it? it wow. Is, it's Wow, Yoda esque. Uh, what about you, Guy? Anything you want to plug or mention there before we finish up? Uh, Ray Don't Hit will be back. Jeffrey Dahmer's a fucked up dude. Watch that series, etc. Uh, <laughs> that will do. Culture all over the shop for you. Food tips, bit of Reds talk, 
And what do you want from a podcast? I have been Trev Denny. That was Lisa Marie Hanna and, and Guy Drinkle. Very enjoyable to talk to the two of them, as always. And we will be back with you next Friday to do the same. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.